Hey there, welcome to episode five of the Letterpress Digest podcast. Uh, today's episode is a little different. Uh, the initial goal of the podcast was to get a, a lot of perspectives on letterpress printing, so not just from those of us who are actually printing. And that's kind of the premise of today's episode. Uh, I, I talked to Micah Whitson of The Old Try. So he started a company called The Old Try, and he sells letterpress prints, among several other things. Uh, and so he talks about that process of creating the company and, and also the process of designing for letterpress, finding a printer, uh, and all of the stuff in between. Uh, so I'm really excited to get a slightly new and, and different angle on letterpress from him. So here we go. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in. I am so happy to welcome Micah from The Old Try. Micah, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, Jordan, thanks for calling. <laughs> Absolutely. So I want to start at the beginning. So tell us about The Old Try. Okay, um, like origin story of it, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we had... Um, so I went to Ole Miss. When I went to Ole Miss, I was not in a fraternity. Everyone that went to ball games that were in frats dressed up. Um, so then I, when I was in college, I would paint up for games. I was always the exclamation point because I have a wonderful torso um, for an exclamation <laughs> point because it is completely straight up and down uh, now with a, an extra dot probably with a belly. Um, so we went back to a game. My wife and I went, and I was like, Mariana, I don't want to wear a, you know, a blazer and, and – khakis because i don't want to look like a frat boy but now i dress up could you make me a letter sweater you know one of those vintage throwback um just you know slab serif letter sweaters so i ordered an m a red m from a, a place in ohio got a cable knit sweater marianne sewed it on i was like this thing's pretty baller we go to oxford it's like an october game but it's like 95 degrees and i'm wearing a letter sweater uh like a knit wool sweater but Soccer moms and rednecks were all like, that is cool. Um, so walked around, had that thing on over the weekend, went into a couple stores in the square, and they're like, good Lord, where did you get that? If I had those, I bet I'd sell 100 of them. So I was like, got an idea for a business. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to do throwback college gear. We're called the old try, like the old college try. We're going to do like stripped away kind of essence of school, um, and we're going to make a killing. So I put together like a, a lookbook for it. I put together a logo. I got a name. I named it Old Try. All this stuff. Then I called like one person. Uh, I don't even remember who it was. But I was like, hey, what do you think about this? And they're like, do you have a collegiate license? I said, I do not. And he said, it's never going to fly. I was like, son of a gun. So set on the idea of starting a company that kind of boiled down essence of place, set on that idea for about a year and a half. So then – Old Try, this PDF, you know, imagine it collecting like digital dust on my on my desktop. Mm -hmm. So a year later, tornadoes come through Alabama, um, you know, the, the Tuscaloosa tornadoes that started on the ground in Tuscaloosa and went whatever it was, 220 miles up through Huntsville. So, you know, awful destruction, really tough footage to watch on the news. And I'm trying to call home, trying to call my family in North Alabama 
and I can't get them. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, we live in, in Boston, so I'm trying to talk with friends or, you know, have friends kind of empathize with, with me. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, can you believe that it used to be woods or whatever? And look at it now. Mm-hmm. And people just didn't get it. And so I felt, um, I felt really disconnected from home at that point. We had lived away for four years and I was like, man, I, I, I've never felt the tug of Alabama as much as I do now. And I don't know what to do, but I, I know that I want to do something. Mm-hmm. And then the next, next day I was riding on a bus and I was like, you know what? Old try, like, essence of place like i feel i feel like we need to do something that kind of reconciles my like kind of expatriatism or uh, of being a southerner mm-hmm. and i don't know clothing and i don't know college but i sure as, i mean i know my college but <laughs> i sure as crap know design and, and i know printing and i know letterpress shops so why don't we try that so walked a couple blocks formulated a plan walked inside and i was like mariana can i take seven thousand dollars of savings that we have and try to do this thing. We can let a press print prints from Alabama, Mississippi, North Carolina, and Georgia, the states that we've lived in. What do you think? And she's like, uh, go for it. So that is how it started. Wow. That's an awesome uh, origin story. That's uh, I was, you had me convinced. I thought you started selling sweaters. I was like, that's it. He's... <laughs> no, that's uh, uh... yeah. That's my fallback jam. I got to figure it out now. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Well, so okay, so so tell me about your background. You said you know design, you know letterpress, you know printing. Uh, are you? Is that your background? Are you? Kind of. Yeah. So, well, uh, yes, at this point, for sure. Um, sure. So, okay. grew up in North Alabama. Grew up always, you know, seeing hat show print posters around North Alabama for rodeos and craft fairs and whatever else. So, always kind of had that you know, that aesthetic is one that I, I really associate with home, much like I associate um, the sound of a banjo and a fiddle mm-hmm. with home, just because that's where the, the North Alabama Fiddlers Convention is. Like, I didn't grow up listening to bluegrass, but every time, like, you know, I, I hear a banjo, I just, I, it takes me to that place. And every time I see hats, it just reminds me of the, um, whatever it was, the Elks Club Rodeo um, in, in Athens. Um, so I, I, I started designing stuff in high school on like a rogue copy of Photoshop through college. <laughs> I, I went to, went to Ole Miss. I was a business major, um, was doing design the whole time through school, um, for, uh, for a thing called Ole Miss outdoors, like a campus recreation thing. And that, you know, like doing band posters and stuff. And then, um, I was graduating Ole Miss. I was like, I'm going to end up getting a job in sales. Like I'm going to be selling air conditioners in Dallas and, probably going to hate it. And so if I don't try to do art, I, I, I know that I'm going to just, you know, really regret it. So I ended up, uh, after Ole Miss went to a place in Atlanta called the Creative Circus. It's a design school um, for photography, copywriting, art direction, and um, photography, did I say photography? Mm-hmm. Photography, mm-hmm. copywriting, art direction, design. Um, went there, learned design, and then um, started working in advertising as, a, as an art director in 2005, uh, moved to North Carolina. That's where I met my wife. Was at a, an agency called McKinney. So then I have like a business background and an art background, and those things kind of coalesced into um, into old try, you know, and, and years mm-hmm. of uh, you know trying to pitch ideas to like to clients, and then 
them not buying them. I'm like, one day when I start my own company, I'm mm-hmm. going to do, I'm going to do it this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so how did you, what did you, I mean, aside from Hatch, how did you come across letterpress? I mean, obviously, right, this, this podcast, we talk about letterpress and I think you have a really unique uh, perspective on it. So when did you come across it? Uh, the first time or have to decide to make old try a letterpress joint? Yeah, I would say the first time. Uh, and then, and then when you when you, uh, I guess, progress to that decision. Yeah. Um, well, de- definitely, I would. You know, it, it always was um, was really just seeing it as a you know as a communication medium, as just you know inexpensive, stapled up mm-hmm. posters for for the fair and um, you know the the whatever the heck the soup sale or whatever. Um, and then going growing up, going to Nashville for for Opryland and, you know, going down, um, is it sixth street in Nashville? Like the place downtown? Yeah. There was like printers, printers alley there, you know, there's, you know, definitely there's like the aesthetic of, of, um, of, you know, printing and kind of analog printing around, um, Nashville. So that was, it was always just kind of around like that aesthetic certainly was. Um, and then the, uh, going to design school and seeing, Seeing, you know, learning how things are kind of printed and the the mm, yeah. me- me- mechanics of putting ink on paper and right. you know what that looks like and embosses versus debosses and um, you know kissing the paper and like paper stock and like doing eighty pound or one hundred ten pound and covers mm-hmm. text all that stuff I learned there okay. um, and so then having that that knowledge then um, so. I was working in my day job advertising. I was, I was working on a campaign for, um, for Chrysler, for Ram trucks. And the, uh, we were the digital agency. So we did the website for Chrysler. And then there was a, um, uh, a lead agency that was based out of Dallas. And they, the look that Ram bought for this campaign was, was a, a look of letterpress. So <laughs> it's kind of weird, but, um, so essentially they got, uh, you know, they, they took lead type, locked it up, you know, set it with the furniture and all the, all the jazz, flipped it over, photographed it or photographed it, you know, oh, and right. then flipped it over in, in the ads. And so then it was like, you know, a, a, it looked, you know, very handcrafted, hand done, you know, and it was some headline set in lead type talking about craftsmanship. And then the other page, the full bleed page was, um, was the shot of a truck. So we were working on that campaign. I was like, well, I need some other letters that don't exist in this, um, this lockup to do this thing that we're doing on the page up here are three great letter press shops and like a quarter mile radius. There's repeat press. Um, there is Albertine press and there's union press. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, there's this, this collection of, of letter press shops. I want to go by there and see if anybody's got some lead types so that I can, <laughs> you know, look, look at it, photograph it, kind of lift it. So in that, you know, so as this like old try thing that was sweaters is in the back of my mind, I'm actively going, digging through cabinets, looking at type to see what, what exists and what, you know, what, what's around. Um, and so then I'm doing that stuff for my day job. Um, and then I end up seeing in, in that time, you know, knowing what I know from being a designer and then, um, and then going to, you know, school and seeing how the, the mechanics of printing working, 
I saw a kind of like the hat stuff I saw for yard sales. I saw a poster on a light pole up here that was seven colors and it was letterpress. And I was like, holy hell, that is so much work to be stapled to a light pole for like a no name band. And so I pulled that off the, um, off the light pole and it had a union press um, byline on it. Um, And so uh, so that was what I, I was like, okay, well, there's somebody up here who really is you know, going into the extra effort of execution of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it appears they have, they have wood type. So when, you know, after kind of going through meeting the different printers of the different shops up here and having old try, uh, you know, kind of simmer up. Uh, and I was like, I should just reach out to see if any of those shops do job printing. Um, you know, much like hatch does and just mm-hmm. like, Hey, can I pay you guys to print for me? Right. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Well, do you, do you get the urge to print yourself? Like, have you ever considered just buying a bunch of big hunk of metal and throwing it in a basement in Boston? <laughs> uh, you, you know, the, I'm, I'm a realist and I'm like, <laughs> I just got, I'm, I'm so bad at the, I'm, I'm really good at big picture. Yeah. I think that, that printing and letterpress printing in general, um, because of course it's a letterpress show. Um, it just requires so much attention to detail and I'm just not that guy. I wish I was, you know, mm-hmm. there, there are parts of me, but I'm like, I want to sell somebody. I'm like the thought of the thing, the vision of this thing. And like, yeah. I'll have strong opinions Design, and I want to get yeah. it like nine, 95% of the way there. And then the extra, you know, the, it takes, you know, 80% of the time to get that final 5%. I'm like, eh, right. not worth it. <laughs> like nobody's gonna notice. Um, so for me, like I don't even pretend that I want to print, yeah. um, because I just know that it's like it, it's it's such a specific skill set, um, and there's just a huge amount of of care that has to go into it, and um, and, and I'm just not I'm not that dude. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, more power to you for 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 totally owning it and knowing it. You know, that I think that's awesome. Uh, well, so why so you? As the old try, you know, you sell posters a lot of, uh, and you, as you mentioned, this uh, was it. What'd you call it? Place of essence? Is that what you said? Um, Maybe essence of place. Yeah, essence of place. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. So you've got these posters. Uh, you know, you, you sell other stuff too, but why? Why letterpress over other printing methods? I mean, you know, as a, as a business, and there's got to be other cheaper ways to do it, right? So, what is it about letterpress that that's the that's the allure for you? Yeah. Um, well, so I think that, you know, I, I think the thing about place and, and essence and, and there's, um, there's just like, there's a truth to like the, um, the execution. And for me, you know, like everything that we make on our site all goes back to like, if it doesn't connect me to a place or, or, you know, a customer to a place, we're just not going to make it. Like there's a lot of great stuff we could make, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really tie into, you know, story. And, and for me, I'm like, letterpress is just, it is a, a thing that I, um, I associate with home. And so hmm. there's a lot of, yeah, it's certainly a lot of cheaper ways to do it. But then I think that, um, that for, for me, the, like the, the kind of method, um, is just as important as the design and the fact that it's, you know, it's, it's not as efficient. Um, it can be, you know, certainly just as kind of as clean and as crisp, but I think that, you know, seeing the, um, the, the cuts of linoleum, cause also like I, I'm a, 
I am a digital designer and, mm-hmm. you know, so I do websites and I, um, I, I, there, there are these, these things that I do, like my entire portfolio, it just disappears every three years. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. you can't even go see that site that I did. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's a, a lack of, um, of like permanence and, and there's also, uh, you know, it's, it's pixel perfect. <laughs> not if I do it, cause I already told you I'm not a <laughs> right, right, right. detail guy, but you know, it's the, the lines are straight and, and there's just this, um, you know, the, the more that you look at a print that, that is printed from display type that's been beat up, you know, that that's really what gives the character. And we spend, as digital artists, so much time trying to recreate that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's in real. Um, there's just not the, the heart there. And so the uh, one of the prints that uh, uh, our, our printer uh, has up in his shop says, this is letterpress, not a digital reproduction of, uh, of letterpress art. Yeah. And it's awesome. Um, and so that for me, you know, like just like the designs that I do, right. Um, the, the method is just as important, I think, to the story. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. So as a designer, tell me what is it like to design for letterpress? How do you think about and consider its constraints and its, uh, I guess strengths? Yeah. Um, well, the, the good thing is, is that it. Um, I, I love handcuffs. I love des- I, I love limits on design because there are no limits in digital, and so you can do whatever you want to do. So, thinking about like how, how do you practically do something? I've always loved that in um, when when I've shot broadcast stuff. Like, how do we capture this in camera and not just punt it to post production? Like, how can we achieve what we want to achieve and that all the tools in Photoshop come from real things that people do. Like, you know, the way, like I was like, Eli, can you do a mask on something? He's like, uh, I mean, I don't know what the hell you mean by mask, but we can put paper by here to raise it so we can print it. And the rest of the stuff doesn't print. And I'm like, yeah, that's a mask. <laughs> like that's a tool that I've got yeah. that then you do practically. And so trying to like come up to go, well, how, like, you know, I'm not breaking any like new ground and techniques of letterpress, but I love thinking like, okay, I need to somehow boil down Northern Mississippi into Gothic type, you know, at like 27 pica and one cut. Cause I don't want to pay for a second one. Yeah. And so, so looking at like how, how I can like just um, pull away. And I love the quote that is, um, Perfection is achieved not when there's nothing left to add, but when there's nothing left to take away. Yeah. Or, yeah, I think it's that. Um, but um, yeah, so I, so I, I just love that. I love sending something over to our printer and going, like, hey, how would we do this? And how would we print the left side of this and then flip the blocks over and print the other side so we only have to set it once? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's Because cool. like right. one, one of our prints on our site, uh, Billy Bible, is based off the Cherokee flag and it's named after um, someone in my family were Cherokee. Um, and it's named after like a, a relative, um, like distant relative in the family tree. Um, and so I was like, Hey, I want to print that with the back of blocks, but it's a, you know, it's, it, there's symmetry to the print. So can we just set the blocks on one side and flip the whole thing and then print it on the other side rather than setting you know, full blocks to, to pull that off. Mm-hmm. So just trying to think like, how, you know, how do we, how do we innovate inside the, the box that we've given ourselves? Right, um, it yeah. is the, the, the limiting factor. 
Yeah, that's that's really cool. So I mean, I, I myself am not a, a designer, nor am I really a trained printer either. Um, and so a lot of this is uh, is really educational for me to to explore. I mean, my wife and I have we've got our own little print shop here in our house, you know. And my wife's much more the artistic and designer, and so for me, I'm just kind of stumbling around uh, trying to figure out a lot of these concepts. But it's really cool because letterpress is a constraining medium you know like it, it and in many ways it, it takes a lot of the effort and time and a lot of people in the previous shows have talked about how meditative it is you know so it's it's cool to also to also almost hear that in your design process you know as you design for letterpress that it is it is way more um enjoyable to be restrictive yeah yeah and, and it's um i love to hear about the meditative part because i'm certainly not a um a, a you know, a, a guy given to any time off. But the, the thing that I, I, I like is that I'm, um, I'm always kind of a, like a, a, a worker, you know, like my, mm-hmm. like this is a side job for me. So I go work all day, come home, put two kids to bed, try to be a husband that's worth a little bit of, of, of something. And then at nine fifteen, I'm like, all right, let me clock into the side job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I'm like, I've got 45 minutes to do a full-time job um, wow. because I've just shot at the end of the day. But the, I just have like a, a, a list of ideas that I just, you know, have the, the kind of big picture thought of them, but just let them mm-hmm. roll around kind of um, my brain to figure out how to, you know, how do we kind of tumble dry these things until mm-hmm. stuff shakes out. And, and that's uh, in terms of like, you know, meditation and kind of getting to, you know, a, a flow or a state, that's kind of where, you know, with the, it through all the chaos of the day, it's kind of thinking about how to design for letterpress is that way where then when I sit down, I'm like, it's fewer things and it's less things. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it is, um, it's been kind of, uh, filtered already, but, and, you know, before I start kind of laying out what, what I, I think it, it's going to be. Right. Yeah. Well, so do you think your customers understand and appreciate letterpress? Do you, do you think they know what it is? That is a great question. So if I were more savvy, um, I would track how many people click on the page. It's on, it's on our homepage. It's like, Hey, we letterpress print, you know, on a hundred percent cotton. Right. See, see how, so that people see the story and understand. Cause I do think that there's this, there's certainly a knee jerk reaction of someone who's like $40 for a poster. <laughs> the hell? Like I can go on Etsy yeah. and just pay somebody $4 for a digital reproduction of digital, right. of, of, you know, analog type in a digital format that I download myself and print to PDF at FedEx and then put wherever, I don't know where, where someone who gets that would put it. So there's definitely people who don't understand. I would definitely say that mm-hmm. based on the fact that we sell things, people understand either the design or the method. But I think those two things are, are pretty solidly linked yeah. there. And so, um, so I, I think that they, I think that they understand it um, and see the value in it. Um, but because of the fact that I'm not a printer, uh, you know, like I, I could certainly see that, you know, people who follow our feeds or whatever, like, I, I don't actually know what you do. I just like what you design, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and the price seems steep for what it is because like, I, you know, it's not, if it was digital, it'd be cheaper or whatever, but it's, um, right. 
but uh, yeah, I, I would say the, the majority, especially of the customers that stick with us um, or have been around for a while, you know, know it and appreciate it and kind of talk a, about it. But ultimately, for for me, I hope they don't talk about old try or letterpress. I hope they talk about like this print reminds me of my granddad, and that's why it's in my my you know yeah. foyer. And if that's that's the story that I want them to have and the right. discussion I want them to have with each other. And then if, you know, someone wants to find out that like, Oh, that's really cool. It's printed on, you know, paper that is, is uh, collected from the, the linters of cotton production. That's really cool. But look at the design. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. That, that is really cool. Um, well, so I want to transition. Let me talk, let me, I want you to talk about your design and creative process. How, how do you go about creating these? You sit, you like lock yourself in a room at nine forty-five at night, like you said, or is it kind of when you can? Yeah, um, it's pretty much that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, at this point, it, it really is. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm learning how to be a more efficient human being, mm-hmm. and I've also learned that, um, much to my chagrin, that because uh, I'm like, oh, it's been a long day. I would just like to, you know, have a glass of bourbon, do a little design, and the second mm-hmm. that I have some bourbon, I'm like. <laughs> oh, I'd really like to know who the drummer is on this album and I just you know, fall out of it. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, it's, you know, I just kind of set, um, set deadlines for myself and go in and, um, you know, and when it's been particularly kind of like a, a an unfruitful, you know, week or a few weeks or, or season at, at work is when, you know, I find more design and more thoughts kind of, um, blossoming but then uh you know if, I, if i'm fully kind of engaged and locked in at work it's a little bit harder to squeeze it out um right. and then um and so then i just kind of set uh you know i, I set kind of goals for myself i'm like I, i'd like to design a new print every couple of weeks and you know figure out um think about you know other other methods and you know other techniques and other products we could get into just from kind of diversifying our business some mm-hmm. um but uh yeah, that, that's kind of the process that I, you know, I have a whole list of things that I, I let kind of simmer around, like the, um, like the quote, time and tide wait for no man. And I still haven't figured out how to execute that, but I think that's a really mm-hmm. great kind of, you know, Tidewater of Virginia and Delmarva Peninsula of Delaware kind of thought for those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I just, you know, some things I, I, you know, let roll around for years and years and other things pretty quickly, I'm like, oh my gosh, like we could just put a yellow hammer on a piece of paper and it's a yellow hammer print <laughs> for the state bird of Alabama. Like we're done. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I guess too, you know, with letterpress, you, maybe in your mind, you find yourself overcomplicating things. And when you realize it, it may just be that simple, uh, use a lot of white space or something, you know, letterpress has that effect uh, a lot of times when you, you can kind of t- like you said, you can see that it is really um, uh, hand done. You know, it's got that appreciation that digital often tries to mimic. Yeah, and and for, you know, and that's why we, fortunately, we have a style. And the reason we have the style is because I'm like, you know, the classic letterpress shops. You know, Hatch and when Yeehaw was around, um, uh, and and you know some of the Hamilton stuff. You know, they 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 brought in the kind of the texture into these prints by multiple layers of color mm-hmm. and, you know, and type on top. And we kind of do what we do. Cause I'm like, Hey, I don't want to do that. Cause like that's somebody's look and that's their thing. So we mm-hmm. now 
by default have a look which is just stripped away in type because we have a, a great collection of um, of display type to print from mm-hmm. um, that you know we're we're lucky to have. But um, yeah, it really you know I'm like well the more I add to this stuff the less it looks like Ultron the more <laughs> it looks like you know whoever else right. and um, and so um, fortunately for me not being able to uh, you know do a whole lot else except no type. Um, we, we've got our style. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, uh, what kind of digital tools do you use, uh, to design for letterpress? Yeah. So, um, so kind of like our, our workflow, it's, it's interesting to see how kind of like a, a digital analog workflow goes together. Um, I'll start everything in illustrator. There's a, um, there's this, uh, discs that went around years and years ago. I, I don't even know who it's from, but it's a collection of, um, someone had inked up and printed display type, you know, like Gothic and different sizes. Um, there might've been like a slab serif in there. Um, and, and then um, a couple of other things, there, there was some furniture, some rectangle circles that disc went around and that's how everyone has every designer kind of has a, you know, a rogue copy of this thing to make things that look letterpress that aren't. Um, and if you, if you're familiar with it, you'll see and you're like, oh, man, like the Mighty Mighty Boston's cover was done with that art and um, like Top Chef or whoever, you just see it all the time because it's like wow. what people have that's like a close representation of it because it's already in layers. Yeah. Um, so I've got that thing that I use for like the default kind of type that I put in. Mm-hmm. So I just have something that, you know, has a little of the kind of thickness of, of gothics that I like. Um, it's kind of got a, a couple of different uh, variations of, of condensed to a little more, um, extended. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll do the initial art. I'll do the illustrations, um, and set the type. I then kick that over to our printer. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, you know, he'll look at it and he's like, okay, you know, that, that, that cut looks kind of complex or, um, you know, like the way that we could achieve a, you know, something appears to be, this three color and a two colors, we could, you know, reverse out, use the white on the paper. Um, so we'll kind of like troubleshoot this, whatever it is from, you know, the graphic standpoint, um, he'll then match kind of whatever he's got type wise in the shop. So he'll pull a, a printer's proof and he'll then text that to me. Um, back up a little bit. We, we spec colors to Pantone because of course, mm, you know, right. it's, it's all, all mixed, but, uh, we learned that the first time, like, you know, I'd pick something from Pinterest, and I'm like, sample, sample, a couple RGB values. And I'm like, ooh, I'm a screen, these are fantastic. And then, <laughs> you know, on his screen, we print out, I'm like, oh, that's Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Who the hell is Miami <laughs> Dolphins colored that? So then we realized, like, all right, that's why Pantone rulers exist, because there is a, uh, you know, a, a, a place of truth yeah. here. So um, so we'll spec, spec colors on Pantone. He'll mix, he'll print, send over you know, I end up, I'll be sitting in like a conference call with like whoever and get a text. It's like, Hey, how's this? And then I look at, him like, okay, kerning looks a little wide, you know, between the K and the A, can you pull that over? Um, is, you know, is that centered or whatever? So I'll, w- we have this, um, this kind of like, you know, back and forth, uh, mm-hmm. we're largely, you know, he'll just send it over to, to check for spelling. Cause I think at some point maybe, um, because like our printers from Massachusetts and, and it may have been that like, I don't even remember what it was, but it, I mean, 
he's a really smart guy, but it was some word where, like, if I would have glanced at it, I'd be like, yeah, that's great. Oh, wait, no, those letters are transposed. Like, <laughs> Carolina's misspelled or whatever, and we ended up printing up, like, 100 things where oh, Carolina wow. was misspelled. Uh, and so now I'm like, hey, just just let me get my eyes on it to make sure that that was right. <laughs> um, and so we'll um, we'll proof it and then um, and then go uh, you know go go pick it up from the print shop and then we um, we emboss them. We use a blind emboss on them and we number them and then ship them to our warehouse in South Carolina. Um, it's probably the least efficient workflow that anyone could ever have, <laughs> but. It, 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 it works. works. Yeah, so, it's yeah. I mean, yeah. it's the process. What, I, so you guys actually you you take over and you then emboss them and then you have a warehouse that will ship them out uh, when you get orders. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Oh, so we. Okay. Um, so I wanted some kind of finishing touch on them. Like I said earlier, I, I don't want the print to be that old try. So we use it uh, an emboss just so that it's there if you look for it. But if not, you know, it, it kind of um, you know recedes in there and then we ended up moving all of our product to a warehouse because we start, we initially were shipping it all out of our house up here in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, we briefly moved to Charlotte. Um, uh, and so we then put our stuff into a warehouse cause we were having our first kid. Um, the product had gone from 10 prints to like 50 prints. So it was just getting to be, um, you know, three or four hours a night of, of shipping right. stuff out. Um, and so we were like, you know what, let's just move it to a warehouse. Um, and then, you know, if we, if we do get a rush, like we get the benefit of it. And if we don't get a, a rush, at least like, you know, one of the rooms in our house isn't just, just dedicated to, to prints, even though packaging and I love, yeah, yeah I, I love, I love the look of it. I love, I love the smell of it. Um, but, uh, we also needed to put a crib somewhere. Right. <laughs> you gotta go. Right. Yeah, absolutely. A little sanity in the house. Um, well, so do you have some advice to other designers who maybe they appreciate the letterpress aesthetic, but you know, they don't, they don't want to have a 1200 pound printing press in their, uh, living room, or maybe it's a, at a small apartment. So do you have advice for those designers who want to design for letterpress, um, trying to figure out how to create their designs, how to interact with a printer, how to find a printer, um, you know, based on going, going through that experience yourself. Um, uh, yeah, what, like through my experience, what I, what I found is that, um, is that letterpress printers, you know, everyone, everyone has like the, the dream and then the reality. So, you know, um, the Sistine Chapel was a commission and it's like, Hey man, that's just my day job. Like I got to do that so that I can go, you know, carve out of marble. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, there, there are printers around, you know, who certainly want to do their own thing and and only print what they do. But there's also like from a a practical standpoint of keeping the lights on, everyone kind of needs patrons and needs customers and needs to do jobs for print because that's, you know, just a way to kind of, you know, guarantee a, a, a steady stream. And so what I found was in asking, you know, reaching out to a number of printers, they're all willing to print. It's just a matter of like what that kind of premium is to do so. Um, mm-hmm. And then how, you know, how can I be a good steward of also appreciating good art and a, you know, a, a, a or, or good craft rather and wanting to pay a fair price for that. Um, but also do it in, in a way that allows me as a designer to kind of build a business model around it. 
Um, and so, um, so I don't know the best way, you know, of course, like I just found my letterpress printers cause it's Boston and I kind of knew about them. Yeah. You know, and if you're in a far flung place, you know, I don't know if, if you've got someone in town or not, but I would definitely say that, um, you know, it's, it's a, a symbiotic relationship. The, um, our printer, when we initially reached out was doing like landscaping part time because printing didn't pay his bills full time. And we, through being able to kind of build a business and, you know, find a way to kind of find the right designs and, and the right story and the right audience, we're then able to free him up to come print full time, mm-hmm. um, you know, as, as one of the clients that really kind of helped him do that. And he's got other clients and, um, and teaches letterpress now, but it was, you know, it's, it's fulfilling to me to go, Hey, you want to do this. I want this to be done. Right. How can I, you know, guarantee that, that, that this can happen because I don't want you landscaping. I want you printing if I need stuff printed. Right. I know you'd rather be printing than landscaping cause that's, you know, your, your end goal. Um, so I'd say that that's, um, you know, just finding someone and, tr- and trying to figure out, um, you know, h- how, uh, how you can pay for job printing, which, um, there are some people, certainly, you know, some letterpress printers that don't want to do that. You know, they've got the presses, they've got the type, and they're like, this is my thing, this is what mm-hmm. I do. Um, you know, I, I don't want you to kind of misrepresent it or, you know, kind of co-op it in some other way. Um, but but I think that uh, in our printer did an internship at Hatch, and I, I think that there's the, um, you know, folks that, that kind of have gone, have worked in those places, and like, hey, you know, this is just a printing method, like, um, in some places, you know, it's kind of precious and, right. um, you know, pretty expensive. And then, so as a designer, you, you can't really do it and pay a printer and then also put a markup and like pay your bills right. on it. Yeah. Um, but, but I think if, you know, if printers are, you know, willing to take on clients, uh, from a kind of job printing standpoint, um, then it shouldn't be that big of an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that's a delicate balance, right? With, uh, finding, finding letterpress printers, but also having, you know, to appreciate the designs you've created and the, the legwork you have to take as a business to sell these, to market these, to get these out, you know, and, and I think it's really cool that you do take the approach of using letterpress over something that would be, you know, much cheaper, much easier or whatever, what have you. Um, but I, I imagine that's you know a, a struggle a lot of others um, have in finding printers and and figuring out that uh, process. So I think it's really valuable that you shared that. Um, I, I wanted to ask you also about so you you're clearly on message right with as you you gave an intro the the old try. Um, have you ever thought about branching out of the south or, or sort of focusing on different? sort of creating different brands with the similar or aesthetic of, or the essence of place, right? But for different uh, geographies? Um, yes, in multiple different ways. So we, so our site now, um, so our site used to just have the, whatever we call 15 Southern states or 14 Southern states. I, I don't remember how many we had. And then we had a category that said, bless your hearts. Uh, <laughs> and it was, it was, it was everybody else. Um, and then we, uh, you know, we, we kind of, um, because now we do more prints for other places and not really, uh, we we do some other things like some of our timbers and our shirts for every state. We haven't, we don't, we don't quite have, you know, a print per state. Um, cause here's what's crazy is, um, is since this is a part-time job and I mean, even though like I hustle the hell out of it Mm -hmm. that 
you know, if I'm doing the best possible thing that I can do and just like crushing it, the most press I'm going to do for one state is to be like two a year. Because mm-hmm. you're like, well, there are 50 states. And so, like, you know, if you do one new print a week, well, that's all you're doing is, you know, one per state per year. Right. And so then, you know, and so it, it's like it's a tough thing of our business model. Of like if I do Kentucky, like the, the people who come from Kentucky, are like all I care about is Kentucky. Like I don't live in Ohio, so I don't care. And, you know, they come and they come back three months later and they come back six months later. And like, well, you got nothing to do for Kentucky. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And so. You know, each it, it's a tough thing to make a decision to go. Well, if I'm going to do Nevada, that means I'm not going to do Mississippi. And I know I got people coming from Mississippi, and maybe not Nevada. And yeah. so we have we have we have changed the structure of our site so that it will allow for kind of growth and branching out. Um, and I either need to find a way to have a 39 hour day, <laughs> or um, a really yeah. deep pocketed investor who's like. Sir, if you can do North Dakota, I will pay you $75,000 and then I can pay, you know, print up everybody's everything. Um, so definitely have considered yeah. it and it's like on the list um, of, uh, you know, things to do and we're kind of set to do that. But I, I do think right. I, I'd send emails to all of um, to like a hundred of our best customers. I was like, hey, do you buy stuff from me because it's Southern or do you buy stuff from me because it really resonates with you? Because if we were to branch out and do Iowa, because someone in Arizona is just homesick over Iowa, and I offered something for them, would you feel like that would be taken away from you? And and everyone across the board was like, I don't give a crap who else you do. You just do mm-hmm. my state really well, and that's what I like. And so, um, so I, you know, I, I don't, um, you know, I, I, we started with the South because that's what I know you know in that tug that i feel right um but but, you know i definitely feel like there are all kinds of places that um you know people have decided to call home and and they're estranged from and um want to remember in some way and so um i got i got i'd love to do 15 prints for every state um so i want you though right (laughs) yeah i'll accomplish that by 23 27 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how do you stay? How do you, do you find it's hard to stay in touch with your customers or to kind of get feedback? So we get, I think, a really nice feedback loop from customers and, and people who um, who want to, you know, have kind of an ongoing dialogue with us. And I think that's, you know, it's it's pretty amazing that we've been able to take what we what we do and it connects with people enough that they want to then discuss with us and go, Hey, I've got another idea for, you know, a great Missouri print that I think that you should do. And, um, and so I find through like the kind of the two way channel of, of social media, which I'm very active on because that's the way that I kind of stay connected with, with folks, mm-hmm. um, that, that it's been a nice way. Um, I have a number of digital acquaintances that have become, you know, real world friends, over the years through, um, you know, finding out that I'm going to be in New York and meeting up with somebody for a drink. And, you know, now we're, now we're pals. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is really cool. Um, and you, you mentioned, uh, earlier you were, you're in, you guys are in Boston and I, we, uh, I actually took a road trip when my wife was probably six months pregnant at the time, uh, to pick up a Vandercook at a print shop in, right in Boston. (laughs) We were just like, where was it? 
Uh, it was in Quincy, I think, Quincy, Massachusetts, okay. which is south of, of Boston. Um, but yeah, nice. it was like this massive road trip. It was like my letterpress tour. And I just, I had this like rental van and I like moved the 700 pound press on my own. It was crazy, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Uh, so, um, so was it just in like some granddad's basement or was it at a print shop? No, I was at it. Yeah. It was at a print shop and they hadn't, had not used it in probably 40 years. I think, uh, just it was sat in like air conditioned controlled in the back, you know, and they had, they moved mostly to like offset and, and digital stuff. And so, they just had it, you know, and uh, he was, he was a, uh, he's a smooth businessman too. So he, you know, he knew the time was ripe to sell it, uh, because yeah. cooks are really popular. Yeah. Nowadays. He's watching the market. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was great for us. Uh, and so now it sits in our, and that was, it was an SP 15, which is the smallest one. It's like 700 pounds. So it sits in our house. That was the, the real motivator. My wife was pregnant. You know, we're about to have a kid. We know we're going to be tied to the house a whole lot more than we've ever been. Uh, so having a little print shop in our house uh, was way more advantageous than uh, trying to outsource it or print elsewhere. So, so, so are you are you guys going to be print, Are you printing from plates? Are you carving them? Are you having magnesium ones made? And do you have type or what's what's your plan? It's like it's exploratory to be honest. Uh, okay. We have like two sets, two or three sets of type. We've got we've done digital, uh, so we've got plates. We've got the bases to use. I'm really interested in carving like linoleum and wood carving. One of my earlier guests on the show, uh, Jessica White, is really um, proficient wood carving and wood carving. And so she's uh, sort of inspired me to go try to figure out how to do that, how to find the, the wood and get the tools and stuff. So, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a really fascinating thing for us. So we're just kind of figuring it out. And that podcast, as I've, I've told many of the listeners before, is really my opportunity to just talk to other people who know and appreciate and see and use letterpress in any way, shape or form, you know? So, yeah. Well, if you get that all honed in and, and you find like a, a trove of type, I'll, I'll use you to print stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm always looking for printers. Yeah. Well, right Hey, now. yeah, absolutely. I, well, I will be the first to tell you, I'm still learning. I'm, I'm not a, uh, I'm, I'm not proficient yet. You can follow my Instagram where I'm like getting type upside down and all sorts of crazy stuff. But, uh, but that's the, that's the fun part for me. And, and for us, it's, it's, you know, it's a learning process and we just really enjoy it. So, yeah. Well, so, um, I, look, thank you so much for taking the time. I wanted to mention one last thing before we wrap up and it's a confession I need to make. I and my, myself and my wife both went to Mississippi state and I know uh, you went to Ole Miss. I don't know if we need to talk this out, but no, I'm kidding. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I, I made a cling print just for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. No, I, um, and, and for those listening right down south, there's you know the SEC Southern Southeastern Conference is uh, really big in sports and football and Mississippi and and Ole Miss and Mississippi State are very big rivals. So we're we, Micah and I will agree to disagree. <laughs> I I, uh, I read this thing and it might have been GQ or something because um, the Oxford PR machine is is great in getting in um, you know kind of uh, kind of hoity-toity places, um, and and they uh, they were they were making the distinction for other for the readers because they were like, you know, go go to the Grove because it's one of the greatest places to tailgate. And they said, um, you know, in Mississippi, Ole Miss fans think that Mississippi State fans are uh, you know a bunch of farmers and rednecks. Mississippi State fans think that Ole Miss fans you know, are just a bunch of like uh, you know like like yuppie snobs. And then the rest of the world is like, who the hell cares about either yep, one of them? Absolutely. And I was like, well, well. 
<laughs> but in Mississippi, it is a very, very yeah. big deal. <laughs> live, <laughs> live or die by it. Some people. Um, and, it, and in 2015, number one and number three in the polls. So you know, for a hot second, Mississippi was uh, on everyone's map. That's true. That's very true. Well, Micah, thank you so much uh, for taking the time. This was an awesome conversation. I think it's going to benefit a lot of people who think about letterpress from a different perspective. Maybe they're not printers and designers, but they are designers and they like it. So um, I'm really grateful you took the time. Yeah, man, for sure. So support your local printer, and uh, thanks for, for sharing the love. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Micah of The Old Try. It was a lot of fun to talk shop with him and, and get his kind of different perspective, I guess, on on letterpress and uh, and his process for designing. So I, uh, I really hope you enjoyed that. hope it was useful for you uh, to find links and references to... Uh, stuff that Micah mentioned throughout the episode, you can visit the show notes page for this episode. That is at letterpressdigest.com forward slash five. That's the numeral five. And you can do that for all episodes. Uh, Whatever the episode number is, you can just tack it on to the end of that URL and it'll take you straight to the show notes page. Uh, And you can find Micah at theoldtry.com. Thank you so much for listening. 